For this episode of Metaphors Be With You, we'll be taking a side trip and talking about the other beloved trilogy starring Harrison Ford that George Lucas later amended to much derision. Hi, I'm Rob Hyrett of Chipperish Media, and this is usually a podcast about symbolism and allegory in Star Wars, the movies, the TV shows, the books, and everything else. But in this particular episode, I'm going to talk about Indiana Jones. This is the first in what I'm calling side trips, episodes of the show that deal with something other than Star Wars. In general, they'll probably be at least distantly related to Star Wars, but who knows? What even is the future, anyway? On a personal note, the theory I'm about to explain, written up in a forum, was the first idea of mine that Chipperish boss Lonnie Diane Rich complimented in a podcast, so it's maybe a little responsible for her giving me a platform to explain all my other theories on. Thanks, Lonnie. Oh, and I'm going into this assuming you've seen all four Indiana Jones movies to date, because let's face it, my target audience probably has. Spoilers will abound. So let's talk about the original Indiana Jones trilogy, and what the addition of the fourth movie, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, did for it. As you may know, the original three movies are chronologically kind of weird, in that Temple of Doom, the second movie, takes place a year before Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first movie. Last Crusade, the third movie, takes place after both of them, except for the prologue, which happens before anything else. And that's all kind of weird and confusing, right? The movies don't really reference each other at all, and Temple of Doom absolutely could have taken place after Raiders with minimal change to either film. With apologies to fellow chipperette Joshua Unruh, Temple of Doom was also widely considered the worst of the three original films, owing to a bunch of racism and sexism that it didn't need, and a wild tonal inconsistency. If you haven't seen it in a while, remember that it opens with a lavish stage production of Cole Porter's Anything Goes, and includes wacky hijinks of the baby elephant, but also has child slavery and a human heart being pulled directly from its owner's chest. It's a weird movie. So here's where I'm going with this. We know that George Lucas is not a person who likes leaving things he's dissatisfied with as they are. We also know that he tends to think in trilogies. What I'm proposing is that, rather than digitally add Jabba the Hutt and make Indy pull Molaram's heart out first, Lucas just made a whole movie to replace Temple in the trilogy. So in my hypothetical Indiana Jones trilogy special edition, Temple of Doom is just ignored, then the other three movies happen in production order. Let's examine how the trilogy is more thematically coherent and satisfying with this new structure. I should also mention that, whatever your feelings about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I'm not really trying to defend it as a movie. I think it was not great, but neither was it a war crime. I'm just really into this theory. The first theme that leaps out as seriously improved by the special edition is fatherhood. One of the biggest problems with Temple of Doom's chronology is that it means the final shot of the movie, with Indy, this movie's love interest, Willie, and Indy's sidekick, Short Round, forming a cute little nuclear family, is definitely bullshit. We know that a year later in Indy's timeline, we're going to see him in his home, at his university, and on his adventures with nary a sight of Short Round or Willie. And for Short Round, this would be absolutely crushing. Indy is basically the only father Shorty has ever known, and I rather suspect that the reason Temple takes place first is that they can seem to have been together for years already as the story begins. But the flip side of that is that before the credits even roll on Temple, we know for sure that Indy will not be in Short Round's life in a year, and that's pretty dark. The most benign explanation for Shorty's absence in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and not surprisingly the one that secondary sources have settled on as the official account, is that he's at boarding school. 
But there's no way for a regular filmgoer to know this, and the movies as they stand suggest that Indy has a brand new family dynamic that will presumably last for the rest of everyone's lives, or until a year later when Indy is completely alone. But if you remove Temple of Doom, and short round with it, you get a little fatherhood arc. In Raiders, the only father mentioned is Abner Ravenwood. Marion's dad is implied to have been an adversary or obstacle to Dr. Jones, despite Marion saying that Indy was like a son to him. To be fair, Abner was mad because Indy was creeping on his teenage daughter, but that's not relevant right now. In Last Crusade, we introduce Indy's own father, and we go from a strained relationship to closeness by the end of that film. Then, in Crystal Skull, we see an older Indiana Jones becoming a father figure to his previously unknown biological son, a perfect character arc, especially for the notoriously father-obsessed George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. So let's talk love interests. In the original trilogy, each movie has its own love interest, and the first two movies both suggest that Indy will live happily ever after with the woman introduced in that movie. Of course, in the case of Willie Scott from Temple of Doom, we again know before the credits roll that that's nonsense. In the third movie, it turns out the love interest is a Nazi, and dies at the end as a moral lesson to other Nazi treasure hunters who might be in the audience. But if you're a move Temple of Doom, you get a much more heteronormative storyline, where Indy and Marion were together from her, very, young age. They drift apart and then back into each other's lives. Indy becomes briefly involved with another woman during a time he and Marion had drifted apart again, but she turns out to be evil, and he is appropriately punished for his transgression against his soulmate, Marion. Eventually, in Crystal Skull, he hooks back up with Marion, discovers he has a son with her, and gets married. Nuclear family established, and Indy is no longer a serial womanizer, just too thick to see true love when it's right in front of him. Now, I think fatherhood and Marion are the biggest and most important through lines that are improved by the Indiana Jones Trilogy Special Edition, but there are some others as well. The first is the supporting cast. Marcus Brody, the museum curator and general fuddy-duddy, and Sala, the Egyptian digger, are both introduced in Raiders of the Lost Ark, do not appear in Temple of Doom, but reappear in Last Crusade. They also each get a passing reference in Crystal Skull, with Marcus immortalized in a bronze statue at Indy's university, and Sala in a framed photo with Indy in his house. Once again, if you ignore Temple of Doom, there's a coherent throughline there. Similarly, there's the Ark of the Covenant. In the original trilogy, there's a scene in Last Crusade where Elsa, the Nazi love interest, asks what a particular image on a wall shows, and Indy says it's the Ark of the Covenant. She asks, are you sure? And he says, pretty sure. Until Crystal Skull was made, this was probably the most direct allusion any of the Indiana Jones movies had made to one of the other movies. But then Crystal Skull began its action in the warehouse where the Ark wound up, a fact confirmed as Indian company are leaving and a crate breaks open to reveal the Ark. So once again, removing Temple of Doom gives us a through line, where the Ark is referenced in each movie of the revised trilogy. Now, my final bit of so-called evidence for this theory is kind of weird and icky. You may have noticed that every Indiana Jones movie contains a swarm of small, gross animals. Raiders had the snake pit, Temple of Doom had the bug room, Last Crusade had the rat sewers, and Crystal Skull had the ant... ant hill. Now, you may notice that two of the items on that list, bugs and ants, are kind of overlappy. And if you want to know the truth, this is the thing that initially made me wonder if Crystal Skull was intended as a replacement for Temple of Doom. Because you don't just copy another movie's swarm, folks. It's not right and it's not okay. Swarm plagiarism is one of the great social ills facing our society today, or at least it was in 2008 when Crystal Skull came out. Things have been pretty quiet on that front recently. So that's my first non-Star Wars episode of Metaphors Be With You. Please let me know what you think. 
Honestly, this is the only big theory about a non-Star Wars property I've been dying to get off my chest. So if this is the only side trip on this show, that'll be okay. But please, do get in touch with your thoughts. You can find me on Twitter at rhyrit or on the Chipperish forums. If you want to support this show and the other great podcasts at Chipperish Media, head to our Patreon page and chip in a dollar a month or more. Patrons also get access to our Discord chat, which is filled with smart, lovely people who hate snakes, Reggie. They hate them. Mm-hmm.